the episode from this week. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Scheming Mind Palace podcast with a lovely new microphone. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy the improved audio quality this time around and henceforth. So this is the Scheming Mind Palace where we curate your crazy here with question number zero zero two eight i believe <laughs> i certainly hope it's zero zero two eight uh i should probably have double checked this before i started but <laughs> all right it is zero zero two eight and i am with should you introduce yourself? Oh, okay. I guess I'll introduce myself. Hey, guys. Um, my name is Jesse Salinas, a friend of Luca's. Happy to be in the Mind Palace. But that is that is the name from outside of the Mind Palace. What is the name that, while still temporary, while not a permanent alter ego, you have begun to accept, I suppose, not actually not an alter ego that many people have. Your alter ego is your original ego the ego you don't fully identify with <laughs> and that ego is uh from birth i was named jesus us americans like to call it jesus and uh it never really stuck with me i mean i was actually just called jesse before i could actually realize that my real name was jesus and so i just stuck with it yeah, uh, big big surprise there. Plot twist. Um, we're not actually talking about Jesus Christ during this episode. <laughs> Too much to live up to. Too much to live up to, even though one of the ionizers from the Mind Palace is of the uh, baby Jesus reborn. That is one of the Zen state masters that you can embody when you come to visit the Mind Palace and pursue in its rituals. But... To say that you are Jesus in and of itself is, by many accounts, heathenistic. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> it's almost like saying you're God, which is exactly what Jesus said. <laughs> but we will not be focusing on him henceforth because, I mean, unless there's something that Jesus over here can say harkens towards his character i'm pretty sure it doesn't have that much to do with it in and of itself well i do like to believe that we're all connected or accessible to a godlike uh, ability within us so i do think it's interesting to have been named jesus and like have not owned up to it but more recently feeling a bit more comfortable um of recognizing myself by that name along the lines of recognizing my inner powers as i weave my way through this journey awesome awesome yeah totally as you evolve and level up of sorts <laughs> yeah. got my jesus Throughout. armor now yeah you got your jesus armor i mean that's what he did he was figuring out the point of the game and uh one of the things that he kind of said that many people might not be happy to know 
is that at the time that he was talking, Judaism was, you know, the big thing. That was what he grew up to be. He was a Jew at first. But he didn't approve of not just Judaism, but the entire idea of organized religion. Most of the Bible, I'd say, is barely Jesus, barely what he talks about. About 10% of what Jesus actually said and was written down actually ends up in the modern day New Testament. Because most of what he said does not mesh with what Christianity has now become. Because he was too real. He was too rogue. He was a rebel. He was a, you know, he was a guy that during the beginning of the fall of the Roman Empire was like, end times are coming. Follow me. Like, I'm God, kind of. <laughs> related. Yeah, we're, we're related. I'm, I may be a son, kind of. I don't know. <laughs> People in the future will come back and, and, and say, yes, I am. Like, there's even a, a funny story. And after this, I'll, I'll move on from the Jesus stuff because there are other things more important to talk about. But Alan Watts said that Judaism and Christianity both had the same problem of Jesus and responded very differently. So the experience of Jesus saying, I am God, for Jews involved being like, okay, that guy's crazy. We're not talking to him. Go, get get out, we're away. For Christians, on the other hand, they were like, okay, Jesus is God, and no one else is God. He's God. Put him on the altar. Worship him. And, you know, everything else. We're almost forgetting that God even existed because he's now so much more God than the original God. But whatever. Mm. Fair point. <laughs> but now we move on to the segment where we really ask the question of, you know, who is Jesus in the mind palace? How can we evolve together, grow together? Because the best way for us to be our best true selves is to bring other people along with us. We go further together. And I will start by first talking about our past schemes with the artist of the Met. Specifically, we started collaborating a lot in that. I would participate in a lot of these challenges that Jesse would set up during quarantine, if he wants to talk about that at all. Yeah, so um, I guess for the new listeners uh, having me on here for the first time, I pretty much run an organization called um, Artists of the Met. It's pretty much like an art collective where we uh, gather and draw at the Met Museum and um, pretty much share our work. And it's about like bringing the community together because like everyone that goes there and does their drawing, like they can do that without Artists of the Met. But the whole point is to connect everybody, pull them all together, have conversations, build networks and all the good stuff. So when quarantine happened in New York, everything shut down. Uh, we had to figure out what's a great way to keep this going. And so we started doing some online challenges. And, uh, yeah, I really always enjoyed all the things that you brought in your responses to the challenges. They were always very unique. And they were always very signature when we would share them in the batch of images online. Um, you could always tell which one came from the Mind Palace because it's, like, almost sometimes even animated but covered in neon and just also a lot of poetry um, so it was really great to have such a diverse, um, amount of submissions with everything you brought. Uh, we loved it. Oh, thank you so much. If anything, I'd say the artists of the Met really helped me 
work on a specific frequency and tempo in the season two where every week I had a new poem that I was putting out with the image that corresponded with artists of the Met, like because it was a weekly thing, I kind of incorporated that into my overall plan of like, okay, I'm doing the the painting then, then I'm going to work on the poem, then I'm going to put that poem in the podcast and you know, like it all was a weekly thing that I kind of unfortunately said that unfortunately when that stopped happening, yeah, I kind of fell off the bandwagon of even writing poetry anymore. Sad to say, but you know, there's no reason why I can't come back. Just like I stopped writing poetry for a while before it came back again. So yeah, that's uh, I suppose one of the main things that the two of us have collaborated on before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything else that we can say is in the past, but in the present we uh, do have a little uh, little glass object that I'll be throwing up on the screen for the video segment of it. Yeah, it was a really fun challenge that you threw my way because um, for the viewers, it's pretty much like a glass like case in which you use a vaporizer and Luca wanted his portrait painted reverse so that when you look inside this glass chamber you see the portrait from the inside and I've never painted on glass and I do portraits occasionally but this was another challenge having to paint it backwards um but it was really a lot of fun and uh yeah a great experience overall Awesome, awesome, because it also wasn't like a normal glass. It was like a glass that started straight and then curved at the bottom. So I was like really throwing you, really throwing you into left field with that one. Yeah. Like I I worked on a version of it that wasn't a self-portrait. It was just like the logo and showing how I could could layer it. And first I was writing pen backwards because you're doing the opposite side. And then like adding a layer of paint on top of that, then another layer on top of that, another layer on top of that, then like fully coating it behind. So it became like a shell that you couldn't tell at all was going on from behind. Mm -hmm. But when, and then when I'd fill it with vapor, it'll be like, okay, what's going on? Then when you inhale the vapor, the logo reveals itself. (laughs) And that's like the coming out of the mist. Yeah. Enlightenment. (laughs) <laughs> is that easy it's I, it could be it could be one of the tenets of zen buddhism one of the masters would always say you can achieve enlightenment in five seconds or five years or 30 years i forget i, I remember you actually listened to that and it really resonated with you when you yeah, heard it it was very um it was very uh what's the right word Insp- i feel like inspiring and it just made me feel like i felt more capable in my life after hearing that I'm like okay I've been maybe underselling my abilities a bit too much and uh, yeah it was very eye opening to hear that that really stuck with me I wrote it down that night awesome awesome I, I would specifically say I don't know how, we won't get into much detail but Jesse and I uh, underwent a form of transformation together I, uh, I helped curate that experience for him and while there were moments of terror and horror that he probably experienced where he had the feeling of losing everything that was important to him there was a lot to be gained from that because when you enter the uh, psychedelic experience which can be accessed through all sorts of methods and means you are often shown everything important to you and not just everything important to you but normally the order with which things that are important are presented and are lost correspond to how important they are to you, how deeply rooted they are into your subconscious. 
So, I mean, you can kind of explain that a little bit if you want, <laughs> like what you lost and what that whole thing was like. Yeah, the experience, um, the mind palace, <laughs> the, the the genuine mind palace experience. Yeah, just realizing how I don't know my psyche is like latched on to certain things, and um, you know, once you once that part of yourself sees those things walking away, it becomes so possessive and scared. Like if you were to like if a mom's going to leave her baby, you know, that baby gets so sad because like, that's like the source of life right there. And like, it was that same feeling of being like, like a helpless baby, mm-hmm. literally. And then you, it puts everything into perspective and you're like, I'm like a fucking kid recognizing, um, I don't know, my attachment to everything. Um, but overall, it's a beautiful experience, a beautiful experience in the palace, and it's always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, because, like, through it, you essentially gain the experience of living, maturing, and dying in all sorts of different directions, and then over and over again sometimes. <laughs> but through that information, you gain knowledge of what, if if the things you held dearest to you truly are 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 you is that you because there are many 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 small minuscule factors that help to define who you are not just your name your position your job whatever everything is you in a sense and that's where the the work begins in terms of figuring out like who are you like my pronoun like the fact that i realize like oh i'm not really a guy anymore I mean, I can kind of am a guy, but like I'm in the process of no longer becoming a he instead that well. So from that, unless Jesse has something else to talk about with our current projects, we can move on to the future schemes. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, excited moving forward. The future is very bright. I love everything Luca does. It's just very inspiring to see his sense of freedom shine through in all of his artistic endeavors and it just makes me rethink and reevaluate my own things and not in a very like comparative way, but in like what's possible and, um, seeing Luca's freedom in just like the smallest details of the world he's built just expands my own. And I thank you for that. Oh, thank you very much. That, that was too kind. And, uh, even though after you say it, I can understand where you're coming from. I feel like it needs to like, it, it really means a lot to me to hear it in and of itself because when I'm like in the thick of it uh, I'm always getting different opinions from all sorts of different directions and there's always that like nagging feeling of like is this the right thing to do but when you're kind of at the level that I am where you just like don't give a fuck that even though it does happen it happens at a low enough level where it's like yeah I'm I'm encountering resistance I should expect that (laughs) like I would say probably half of the people who listen to this probably hate or are terrified or are angered by what I say. And the other half love it and are inspired by it and such. And that's great. I love that. I would hate it if everyone either loved what I said or hated what I said. Because 
when I were to, let's say, speak in front of a crowd and half love and half hated what I said, the true learning begins after I've finished speaking. Because after I've finished speaking, that crowd interacts with each other because they're at each other's throats in terms of being like, what, how can you think that? What, how, like everything starts to break down. And that's when thoughts really embed into your mind. It's not just me saying something to you and maybe you'll remember a, a phrase or whatever. No, you will remember that bond, that argument, that experience of engaging with people that have seemingly nothing to do with anything you can possibly imagine until you really start to talk. But until then, you can always live in that bubble of like, oh, they're of that group, not of our group. (laughs) But anyways, moving on from that, I would say our future schemes together between the Mind Palace and Artists of the Met are highly aligned. The the, uh, Mind Palace has always found that creating a community of artists is essential. And even if the people of that community don't consider themselves artists, as long as they approach life through an artistic lens, like with an excitement of finding new discoveries, like almost like a scientist. Like I would say my process is a lot like a scientist where I do stuff with the expectation that, yeah, it's probably not going to look that great. Yeah. It's probably going to fuck up the first few times I do it. Mm -hmm. But I keep learning and growing and noting and being like, okay, what if I put that and that and made that discovery and that did that? So what if I put that over there and that over there and eh, we're figuring it out? Let's, let's do something. Make it interesting. I don't know. So yeah, that's what I'm gathering. And I'd say Jesse's probably gathering very similar people. But I guess the difference is that because you've even labeled it Artist of the Met, you're really going to mostly attract people that think of themselves as artists. When mm-hmm. they're asked the question of who am I, artist is probably going to come up within their own mind. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess everyone kind of digests that term a little bit differently. And also being in the Met, you're already surrounded by a certain box of what art is. And then you get, the kind of people showing up who, um, I guess, resonate with that form of art. But the world I want to build is, in my perspective, everyone is an artist. Like a mechanic who takes care of his tools, knows every aspect of the car, and like how to fix a problem that's always not straightforward, is just as artistically engaged as a painter in the studio. And, I mean, we have people who have never drawn before. We've had musicians come who've never drawn before. We've had, I've had some friends from, like, law school come by, and they've drawn. And um, you get just, like, a, a whole mix of characters. And it's like once you're there in that environment and you see, oh, you know, everyone, they're, like, making mistakes just like I would. And, like, you know, it's like once you're in that, you feel the space that's created and you feel that it's a space that is without judgment and completely free-flowing and open to anything that anyone brings. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I hope to get across with every person that, that comes by. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I really resonate with that. Definitely agree. And yeah, so I'd say with that, you know, we can always come back and expand upon. I'm sure by the time I'm back and we're podcasting again, there'll be a whole bunch of new schemes we can talk about. So I will wrap up this rather short podcast episode comparatively by asking Jesse about any sort of socials or places that people can find you if they're interested in perhaps joining you in the Met at some point. Absolutely. Um, We have the meetup page and the Instagram both titled Artists of the Met. And um, my own personal account, just jesse.salinas, J-E-S-S-I-E, Salinas, S-A-L-I-N-A-S. And um, you can get in contact with me and the group and um, feel free to engage with us and come by at any time. Thank you again, Luca. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. And of course, you can find me at True Party King on Instagram. And we have mindpalace.net where you can cultivate your mental oasis <laughs> and all of the like. So hopefully you will comment, like, subscribe, share, whatever. Sharing obviously is most important because that shows that not only do you like it, but you like the Mind Palace content so much that you're willing to stake your reputation on it. (laughs) So if that's what you're feeling, nothing would make me happier than for you to share it. And hopefully I will see you next time for another juicy episode of the Scheming Mind Palace. Thank you for joining me. Bye-bye.